behind the crown gown and makeup incredible women are working to change the world through service style success and scholarship join me madeline fisher as i sit down with title holders within the miss america organization to share just how outstanding these young women really are it's the four points podcast Hello and welcome to the first edition ever of the Four Points Podcast, a podcast dedicated to Miss America title holders and all of their accomplishments. Today I am joined by Miss Kosciuszko, Kayla Myers. Tell them hi, Kayla. Hi, everyone. All right, Kayla, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I started competing in the Miss America organization about five years ago. Before then, I never thought I was going to be someone who would compete in this organization. (laughs) I heard a lot of the stereotypes about pageant title holders, and I can tell you they're not true being in the organization. (laughs) But I was actually really shy and insecure, um, and I was struggling with mental illness. I was at a really low point in life in high school, and my mom told me if I wanted to be successful in my future career, I needed to learn how to public speak, and I needed to get over my debilitating anxiety. Mm -hmm. So um, here came Miss America. (laughs) mom (laughs) vetted out the best organization she could find for a pageant and we stumbled upon Miss America and the first one was a challenge I competed (laughs) for Miss Philadelphia actually in Pennsylvania and I did not know what I was doing I have a very vivid memory of rehearsals them asking me Kayla where did you get your shoes just as a a practice question couldn't even answer I was sitting there (laughs) shaking so that's a reference point of where I started at in the organization it was challenging but I'm a strong believer that you have to get outside of your comfort zone to grow and that's what Miss America did for me so that's why I went back pageant after pageant disaster after disaster (laughs) but every pageant something improved and that's why I really stuck with the Miss America organization because I've seen that personal and professional development and it allows me to pull in my social impact initiative something I'm passionate about Absolutely. No, I I know exactly what you're talking about. I started the same way. Obviously, I'm a title where you can't have competed at a state before to compete at. So my first couple locals were absolute disaster, didn't place. I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Why am I doing this? But I was the same way, crippling anxiety Mm -hmm. 24-7. But the public speaking is like the biggest thing that people don't think about when they go into it. And then it's like, holy crap, I can speak in front of people now like with no issue. Um, So you mentioned you started in Pennsylvania. So how many titles did you have in Pennsylvania and what brought you to Indiana? Yeah, great question. Um, So I had three titles in Pennsylvania, um, which was super exciting. I loved each and every experience there, and I've seen the growth throughout those three titles. But I decided to venture out for graduate (laughs) school. I am a lifelong learner, and I'd never previously heard of Ball State University until I was looking into some sport and exercise psychology programs. And most of you listening probably don't really know what that is. So you can tell (laughs) programs are very few to find. So there were none existent in the state of Pennsylvania. And I came across Ball State's program. It was phenomenal. I was lucky enough to get a full ride to Ball State University, so it was a um, (laughs) no-brainer to go here, and I was super excited to get involved with this organization and to meet all of the incredible women here. Yeah, and what were the titles that you held in Pennsylvania, and like, did the people you meet like help you make the connection to get involved in Indiana? Yes, definitely. So I held my first title was Miss Liberty Bell. Um, so right in Philadelphia. <laughs> my mom didn't even have the camera out because we just did not expect <laughs> me to win. So no videos, no photos of that experience. Um, and then after that, um, I went into Miss Mountain Laurel, which was our state flower. Mm-hmm. And then I was Miss Lancaster County, which is where my yes. sister goes to school. Okay. So I think that last director, um, Reggie Woods, will shout him out. He's phenomenal. Um, <laughs> he really helped me bridge that gap. Um, and our state director, Debbie Butcher, also knew some people out here. So she assured me I was going to be in good hands. Um, And she helped me navigate some of those programs that I would be searching for for those local pageants. That's so nice. And then 
So you competed at Miss Kosciuszko, and you won. Obviously, you're sitting here with me. Mm -hmm. um, but what were the first, like, locals that you did in Miss Indiana before you got crowned? And kind of how did those go for you? And what's the difference between the Pennsylvania circuit and the Indiana circuit? Yeah, so there are certainly differences. I came out to uh, Miss Central Indiana and Miss Metropolitan and Miss Cardinal, which are three large local pageants. Yes, and that's where I met you. I met you at Miss Cardinal. Yes, yeah, super exciting. Um, so it was very different. When I came out here, they were like, oh, yeah, we're used to having 15 to 20 girls at a local. And I'm like... Like, oh my gosh, and just one title. In Pennsylvania, <laughs> they would give out um, one crown every four girls there. So if we had 12 wow. girls, it was three crowns. If we had 16 girls, it was four crowns. So striking difference there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was really the largest difference that I noticed between the systems. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the sisterhood and the women competing, very similar. Mm -hmm. The directors are very hands-on out here, which I love. I've had yes. those directors back in Pennsylvania, but they are on top of their stuff. And being a type A person, it works <laughs> very well for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to get into the four points of the crown, talk about what you've accomplished in style, service, and success, and scholarship. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Me and Kayla just had such a nice little conversation, but now we're going to dive into the four points of the Miss America crown. And for those of you who don't know what they are, they are style, service, success, and scholarship. So Kayla, we're going to start with style. So there is a lot of misconceptions about you have to have the prettiest dress to win. You have to have the prettiest face to win. Kind of break down that stigma for me. Yes, yeah, so a lot of people see that um, just based off of the Miss America production. You do see these stunning gowns, but a lot of them also come through sponsorships. And that's mm -hmm. one skill that I've learned through the Miss America organization is how to network, how to get sponsors, how to help with raising those funds. And along with that, there are other ways where you can find your wardrobe. I certainly am not spending hundreds and thousands <laughs> of dollars on all of my outfits or no. any of them, to be mm -hmm. honest. But Ross is my best friend. There's lots of other little places you can go paired with finding those other people who are willing to help fund those outfits. So you can find those good deals. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what do you think is your favorite dress that you've worn? It could be a local. It could be like one that you wore at Miss Pennsylvania. Like what is your favorite dress you've ever worn? Oh, my gosh. So it would actually be the one that I won Miss Kosciuszko in. Oh, the red one? Yes, the oh, red one. I yes. am obsessed with this dress. Red <laughs> is my power color. I wear it a little <laughs> bit too much. It's okay. But it's beautiful. It's a lace form-fitting dress with a beautiful mermaid that's tulle at the bottom. So I am obsessed with that. Um, I want to say it's like I'm totally going to mess up the designer. Giovanni, Fabian, it's probably none of those. So okay. we'll see. I'm terrible with designers. To it's me, okay. it's not about okay. who designed it. It's how I feel in the gown. Absolutely. And um, this is like a funny question because I always like find dresses really fast. Like it's like my thing. But like how many dresses did you have to try on before you found like the one? Oh, my gosh. It was a lot of dresses. <laughs> I walked in and I saw this dress in the window. It was a gray dress, which I've never done before, but it was beautiful mermaid style. And I was like, this is the one. Put it on. <laughs> it was not the one. Um, went through probably about like a good 25 other dresses at least. And they brought out this red one. I was like, not me. And my mom's like, put it on. And it I on. tried it on and it was stunning. Mm -hmm. uh, but other times, the one I actually wore at Miss Pennsylvania last year was a white and blue. It kind of looks like a porcelain pattern. Mm -hmm. Very different dress. I saw it in the window, loved it. My mom hated it. I put it on <laughs> and it was the first first dress and it was the one I bought so um, it can definitely be one or the other it's first one or it's 25 50 dresses in <laughs> and we are talking about these dresses and I don't want to leave you guys in the dark but on my website there is going to be a page that's called artifacts and you're gonna be able to look at all of these dresses that we're talking about because I feel like it's confusing I mean Kayla can pray a pretty good picture I mean she's very good with her words but you know it we, words don't do it justice it is no, such a pretty not. dress and <laughs> no I think like 
especially the whole dress thing, like consignment shops, uh, a lot of them have like sale racks, like just kind of flip through there. They have so many sizes because everything is more size inclusive now. Um, and it's really not that hard. And they'll usually like be a little lenient with you, especially consignment shops, because like most of the time they're like trying to sell stuff because that's like, you know, how they make their money and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, that red dress looks so good on you i love that dress so much Uh, well thank you you do a cheer routine and it is so peppy and it is so fun so i know this isn't just like technically like your dress style but how does that cheerleading routine kind of fit into like your personal style just kind of how you are on a day-to-day basis Definitely. I think it fits in with my personality, just being very (laughs) energetic, um, becoming more bold. um, Mm -hmm. Not something that I used to be when I mentioned I was very shy before um, and just vivacious. um, So it is a full sequence black outfit, (laughs) um, sparkly pom poms to add a little extra attention. So it definitely captures that enthusiasm that I like to convey as a cheerleader and convey each with each person that I meet as a just my personality. Oh my gosh, have we figured out the routine for Miss Indiana? So we had a little blip there. There were some music changes for Miss America, but as a title holder, you have to be flexible and adaptable. So we went from a remix with six songs to a remix with three songs. So some slight changes, but um, I love the songs that I have incorporated into it. So similarities, but a little bit of pizzazz added to it. (laughs) You always bring pizzazz, Kayla. That's why you're (laughs) here. You're so fun. Um, But we did kind of talk about earlier how there is that misconception of what a title holder is supposed to look like. And obviously, like with the new Miss America 2.0, they're really trying to break that stigma. Anybody can be Miss America. Anybody can be a title holder as long as you have something that you really are passionate about and you're really committed to the people around you. So what do you, I guess, in your definition, what should a title holder look like then? Definitely. I don't think a title holder should look like anything. I think a title holder should be someone who is authentically true to themselves. And I think that is the key aspect. When a lot of people know that my social impact initiative is hashtag choose health and it's health related, they think Mm -hmm. I would love the swimwear aspect that actually kept a lot of individuals out of this organization. And I actually won a scholarship for an essay back in Pennsylvania writing about how I think that should be a portion that's removed from the Mm -hmm. system. And fortunately it was. Um, There are other systems out there for people who do want to compete. And if that inspires you to be Mm -hmm. healthy, that's excellent. But as someone who struggled with eating disorders and salt keeps so many individuals out of the organization. I think it really is inspiring to take that out and let people just talk about what they're doing for service, what their social impact initiative is. So as long as you are true and authentically yourself, you can be a title holder. You just have to have a heart of service. Absolutely. And you've perfectly segued us into the next section of the podcast, which is going to be about service. So Kayla, why don't you give everybody a good description of what your platform's all about? Yes, so hashtag choose health encompasses five pillars. It's physical activity, adequate nutrition, restorative sleep, mental health maintenance, and avoiding risk behaviors. So those could be things like smoking, for instance, or unsafe sex. And I initially started out actually with a cancer platform because Mm -hmm. I had a best friend who had cancer. And as I started going through my education and going to Relay for Life events, which was one of my first initial partnerships, I started to realize that there's a really large correlation between physical activity and living a healthy lifestyle to present prevent diseases. Obviously, Mm -hmm. not all cancers are preventable, but (laughs) that's something that Relay for Life talks about. So throughout my education, going for exercise and sports science, I really made this connection and physical activity changed my life. I mentioned earlier on that I struggled with mental illness in high school and exercise was truly a form of medicine. Living that healthy lifestyle truly saved me as cliche and cheesy (laughs) as that is. Um, So I wanted to help people flourish by living a physically active lifestyle. So I pair with a lot of organizations like Relay for Life, the National Alliance on Mental Illness and the National Eating Disorders Association, just to really take a holistic approach to help people with their health and well-being oh yeah absolutely and you're slaying the social media game <laughs> you're so good at like putting like the backgrounds and stuff like behind your pictures I'm like oh my gosh Kayla looks so cute in this one but kind of explain to me how um 
your platform can be adapted to like social media because obviously like trying to take care of your health a lot of people get like that negative like oh I hate being on social media because it makes me feel worse Mm -hmm. Um, what are you doing to kind of like change that like how are you trying to shape the image of social media to help you with um, getting people healthy Yes, so I am definitely one of those people who have cut out a lot of social media. Mm -hmm. I turn off my post notifications, but I think social media can be a good thing. It's just finding the balance, and I think the key word is being intentional with your social media use. So my goal as a title holder is to share information and to educate people on health that is validated (laughs) by science. Um, Mm -hmm. We see a lot of health myths out there, and that's why a lot of people get very discouraged. They struggle with more mental health issues, and we see that as social media use increases, a lot of mental illness increases. And it's often because we see unrealistic bodies. We see heavily Mm -hmm. edited photos. We see all of these nutrition fad diets and crazy (laughs) health tips that really aren't realistic and sustainable for people. Mm -hmm. So my goal as a title holder is to spread that information and be that light that can be that healthier, more intentional side of social media usage. That's brilliant. Um, And on the side of service, obviously, you're very involved in your community, especially back in Pennsylvania, and you're working really hard with it, especially representing Kosciuszko. Um, So what do you think, like, in all of your years of service, not just as Miss Kosciuszko, what has been your favorite, like, service project or community service thing that you've been a part of? Oh, my gosh. I've had so many. A quick (laughs) quick fun one would actually be a dress for a day where we... Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, where we got to help individuals coming from, again, back to what we talked about, style, Mm -hmm. get dresses. So everyone got a long dress, a short dress, heels, makeup done, everything. So that was a rewarding experience Mm -hmm. in itself that happened recently. But I would say related to my social impact initiative, it actually was out here. I've had a lot of rewarding experiences in Pennsylvania. um, But here I was actually able to compare, uh, combine it with my education. Mm -hmm. So we started a project called Futsal at a community center. And Futsal is essentially a form of soccer that just focuses a little bit more on the psychological skills training associated with sport and exercise psychology. So we do a lot of conflict resolution with these children Mm -hmm. throughout the game. And this is really important because it's a highly underserved community. Um, And this community really struggles with substance misuse issues. And our goal is to keep kids from getting into that stuff and playing something that's physically active, Mm -hmm. teaching conflict resolution skills that they might not be getting at home. And it's really rewarding to see how these children change in their interactions with each other over time while they also fall in love with the sport. So similar to soccer, but just slightly (laughs) different. All right. And I know it's kind of like a lot of title holders, they like to keep things on the down low before they do things really exciting. But do you have any like big service things coming up that you want to let people know about so they can help you kind of raise awareness and get involved as well. Yes. So actually, in the next week or two, I will be starting up a food drive around the time of Easter. I think that's really important because a lot of the time we get so wasteful of food, especially around Mm -hmm. the time of Easter. And it's really important to consider how many people need um, items. So I will be running that around campus. I teach undergraduate fitness classes at Ball State University. So I'll be advertising it to there, the kinesiology department, and really anywhere I can get. So if you're around the Muncie area, um, definitely feel free to give me some non-perishable goods. We'll be donating all of those to help people out. And as warm weather comes, so that was the nutrition side yeah. now shifting over to the physical activity side I am a group fitness instructor back <laughs> in Philly by nature it fits my personality very well um, so I've identified some steps at Ball State University that I'll be holding some free workouts so that will be a great way to get college students involved and a lot of the time we think college students you know young people mm-hmm. probably physically active but no. so many students are sitting on zoom sitting in classrooms they're a highly sedentary population so my goal is to bring a fun type of workout to people that's free low commitment they can show up when it works for them Um, just keep it really exciting. That's awesome. All right, guys. So we are going to take another little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the success and scholarship points of the crown. 
All right, welcome back. I am here with Kayla Myers, Miss Kosciuszko 2022. And now we're going to talk about some success that you have had in the Miss America organization. I mean, clearly you've competed in two states. You're obviously doing great. Um, but out of all of the titles that you've had, which one do you think really pushed you to be as successful as you can be? So without a doubt, Miss Lancaster County. Mm -hmm. um, I actually fractured my foot a little bit before the pa pageant. So I was oh. like, oh my gosh, my talent is tumbling. <laughs> How am I going to make this work? Uh, so I thought I was actually going to have to withdraw from the pageant. And um, fortunately, I talked to my doctor and he's like, you can't practice your routine. But he's like, you can take the boot off and just run it once that night. He's like, just do it one <laughs> and done. And I was like, that's not nerve wracking at all. Um, so I committed to it. And the night before, I actually took a train home from Philly at my university in Temple to go home the next day for the pageant, left my suitcase on the train. So all of my pageant stuff lost. So lots of challenges going into the pageant. <laughs> um, but again, just being able to bounce back from a challenge was really important. So it taught me that. But headed into the actual local competition day, um, I was as confident as I could possibly be. I went into my interview, which used to be my most nerve wracking area. Mm -hmm. Just again, coming from that anxiety yeah. used to be absolutely terrifying. And I walked out feeling really confident. Everything I did that day, I just knew I could do the best I did. Mm -hmm. And that's really all I asked for myself, whether I get a crown or not, as long as I feel that I prepared the best possible I showed who I authentically was I'm perfectly content um, but after the pageant was over I had the crown on my head I was super <laughs> ecstatic what was most rewarding was not even that crowning moment but it was after the pageant and the director's wife who was on the board walked over to mm -hmm. me and she was crying <laughs> and it, not that she was crying was a good oh, thing oh. but <laughs> what was most rewarding was she was actually at one of my first pageants when mm -hmm. I first started competing and she was the oh. auditor and she witnessed that cringy <laughs> terrible interview where I was physically shaking could barely answer questions and just was so lacking in confidence and feeling as if I had a voice and she saw me in that last interview she was also sitting in as the auditor at Miss Lancaster County and just her watching that transformation being able to visibly see how much I've changed was so rewarding and I found out I got top interview which I never thought would happen when I first started in this organization so very rewarding very successful that day. Yeah that's so sweet and especially if you compete like in the same state multiple times you run and to the same people. I know for me, the auditor at Miss Three Rivers, which was my first local, was the auditor at Miss Spirit of Indiana where I won. Mm -hmm. So like, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. But obviously you said you held three titles in Pennsylvania. So you got to compete at Miss Pennsylvania three times, correct? Or was the last one COVID? Yes. Three times we were fortunate enough to have everything mm -hmm. in person with COVID. Oh, so that was awesome. a blessing. All right. So how was the Miss Pennsylvania experience for you? Obviously, neither of us can really talk about the Miss Indiana experience because neither of us have been there, but yeah. we'll be there soon. Um, so kind of tell me what um, achievements you accomplished while you were at Miss Pennsylvania, whether that be just like a scholarship or a specialty award, preliminary, anything, just kind of what you really took away from Miss Pennsylvania. Definitely. So my first year, my biggest accomplishment was one, getting through the twists and turns <laughs> of a new week, yes. but also just being one of the first people to bring cheerleading to the Miss Pennsylvania stage. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting for me, especially when I first got into the organization. People were like, well, are you really going to want to call it cheerleading? Why don't you call it acro or gymnastics? And I was like, no, I'm a cheerleader. That's what it's going to be. So <laughs> being able to stick that through, work out the quirks and challenges of doing cheerleading as a talent was my biggest success that week. Um, the second year, it was not anything top 10, but it was, uh -huh. again, one of my better performances. I walked out of my interview and said to my mom, I don't care what happens this week. I put out my best interview possible. And that was the first interview I didn't shake. I didn't feel like my wow. voice was shaky. And those are such little things that a judge panel would never notice, would never know about me. But me walking out of that interview and feeling confident, knowing I hit nailed every question mm -hmm. I could, didn't shake, um, that was a really big win to overcome that anxiety. And then last year was super exciting. I did make top 10. Um, so that was a really big win. I came out, I want to say it was 
1500 to $2,000 in scholarship money um, between that 100th anniversary year. So a lot of really yeah. exciting things there. Um, but overall, just my performance was incredible. It was one of the first times where I truly felt I had a phenomenal talent routine, mm -hmm. which that used to be such a big <laughs> stressor, super fun and exciting for me to do. But it was such a stressor in the organization because not a lot of people understand cheerleading or understand how that would score yeah. or what that looks like on the Miss America stage. So I truly felt incredibly confident there. My only thing I wish I would have changed mm -hmm. is wearing that red gown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I mean, Miss America stage, like they had a whole thing at Miss America 100 where like people from like around America did like their talents. And I know uh, the Miss Lancaster County who crowned you, um, she did, uh, was it Color Guard? Wasn't that her talent where it was to like poetry? Like, yes, that was mid, mid, oh my gosh, Miss Red Rose City. Oh, she's um, amazing. She is phenomenal. So Jenna Martirano will yes, shout her out. Um, so yeah, she was able to do her talent. I wish I could have taken <laughs> cheerleading there. Unfortunately, it was during finals week, mm -hmm. so grad student responsibilities unfortunately <laughs> had to come first. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned winning about $2,000 one year at Miss Pennsylvania, and that's a perfect segue into the scholarship portion of this podcast. And a lot of people don't really understand that the Miss America organization is one of the biggest scholarship organizations in the United States. I mean, they gave Miss America Emma Broyles $100,000 in scholarship. Um, so kind of tell me a little bit about what that scholarship money kind of means for you and how it's kind of helped you get to where you are. Yeah, the scholarship money is crucial, and it's one of the reasons I did initially vet out this organization with my mother. Um, it's really instrumental. I come from a single-parent home, so mm -hmm. thinking about affording tuition for college was absolutely devastating and debilitating <laughs> to think about. Yeah. So it was truly rewarding to know that not only am I getting personal and professional development out of this organization, but I'm also getting scholarships. So mm -hmm. directly from just competing in MAO Locals and that successful year at Miss Pennsylvania, I've earned about $3,500 in scholarships, which is a decent sum, mm -hmm. but again, not comparable to that. 100,000 uh, that Emma won. <laughs> but on, with Emma. that being said, I think there's also a lot of indirect scholarships that come out of it. Yes. Because again, I mentioned how much I have developed as a person through this organization. And I was actually going back and reflecting before this podcast and was kind of shocked at how much I've earned <laughs> in indirect scholarships. Yeah. So it was about $88,000 that I've earned in outside scholarships. Gee. And a lot of that I can honestly associate to this organization being able to interview, being able to have the confidence to use my voice to seek out those opportunities. Absolutely. And if uh, someone out there is listening to this and they're within the age to compete as a teen or a miss when it comes to scholarship what do you think would be your biggest selling point for them to pursue this organization and pursue you know a title I think the main thing is just seeking back to what is the mission of Miss America. And mm -hmm. I think so many people get lost in that because, again, they see the gowns, yes. they see all of that other aspects. But this organization did originate to help women and to empower them, mm -hmm. to help fund higher education. So I think what's important is to keep that mission in mind and then try to align it with your goals. So what is your mission? Is higher education involved in that? And how could this potentially fit into that? And maybe it's for education, but also maybe pairing with your university and being an ambassador through the university and through Miss America. Yeah, and we are talking a lot about higher education. So tell me a little about your college experience in Pennsylvania and kind of how it's been transitioning to Indiana and especially being a student at Ball State now. Yes. Yeah, so um, in Pennsylvania, I went to Temple University for my undergrad. I was in exercise and sports science with nutrition and psychology minors. So mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun, yeah. very <laughs> passionate about it. And you can kind of see how that already integrates into hashtag choose health, that really holistic focus. Mm -hmm. um, so it was definitely challenging. Um, my biggest accomplishment there was coming out with summa cum laude. So I maintained a 4.0 GPA all four years. Way to go. Um, it happened accidentally the first semester and perfectionist <laughs> me, you know, had to keep it. So no, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I had a 4.0 last semester. I was like, I can't 
cannot get anything lower. I have to keep a 4.0, but yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. So um, how has that Pennsylvania education transferred to Ball State and kind of how has your education horizon kind of expanded coming to a completely different state? Yes, it has expanded so much. When I was at Temple, I was just about an hour away from home. So again, you're still relatively dependent when you're that mm-hmm. age. You're an adult, but you're still relatively dependent on your family, seeing them quite frequently. So I've definitely had a lot more independence out here. I've had to manage myself, manage my time a little bit more, which has been really helpful to myself and just kind of transitioning in this phase of life. Um, but I would also say just academically, I've noticed a lot of differences. In undergrad, it's learning the theories. It's learning the concepts, mm-hmm. you know, taking the tests and exams, and that's your main focus. Focus. Whereas in my graduate education, it's a lot of hands-on applied experience. Yeah. Certainly, we still have the classes, we still have the exams, yes. but that is your second priority, which is crazy to think about <laughs> that because that was always priority number one. But I have been um, gifted enough to, like I said, start that futsal project that actually originated out of a school project, um, getting in the community. Um, along with that, I also do exercise adherence consulting for free for people around the area to help them figure out how to live a healthier lifestyle using our sports psychology mm-hmm. skills. Um, so it's been incredible to be able to do that and I actually just got accepted into the dual master's program (gasps) Um, so I will also be getting a dual master's in uh, clinical mental health counseling so again pulling that mental health side of things in so I'll get a lot of practicum experiences Mm -hmm. this summer yeah guys Kayla is really brainy one thing you don't know about her she's literally one of the smartest people I've ever met (laughs) ever Um, but you know you're pursuing all of these different degrees obviously a dual master's program what the heck Um, but like what is the dream job for you I mean obviously besides Miss America that's what we all kind of start in this organization dreaming to do but What do you think is the dream job for you? Yeah, so my one goal is to keep my options relatively open. Mm -hmm. I don't want to put my blinders on and miss out a really great experience because I used to think I wanted to go PT until I got that experience. So (laughs) I realized physical therapy wasn't the route for me. So I am someone who definitely wants to experience things. And I know really quickly if this is where I'm going to make an impact and this is where I'm meant to be. But I do know long term, you know, there's going to be a little bit of applied work after graduation of my master's. But I do want to go back and get a PhD. So it goes back to the brainy, lifelong learner side of me. Um, My goal is to get a PhD, contemplate in either kinesiology, sports psychology, or clinical psychology. Mm-hmm. Probably clinical psychology because I want that psychologist title. Yes. Um, so that's <laughs> that's definitely the goal and going to a little bit of applied work, helping people. But that will probably shift to being on the side. So maybe having a small side business, a solopreneur, I guess, uh, where I'm doing some clinical work on the side, but primarily then going back to a teaching role, actually. I would love to be a professor at a university Ooh. doing some research, but also being able to mentor people and just share everything I've learned. I think that passing along of information mm-hmm. and education education and just your wisdom that you've gained over the years is really important and I would love to have the opportunity to mentor others. Oh, well you're so smart you're making me feel so weird it's like <laughs> oh my gosh you're you're so incredible and you're so young I just that's what I love about this organization you meet some of the most just polar opposite people of you but everyone is working towards the same incredible goal and that's just to be a better person Mm -hmm. and Kayla I'm so glad you're my first guest because you are like the embodiment of just being such a helpful and such an inspiring person Um, so we're going to take one more break and when we come back we're going to wrap this thing up All right, and welcome back again. I'm here with Ms. Kosciuszko, Kayla Myers, and we're just going to kind of wrap up this podcast, just talk about a couple other things that are on our minds, things that we're thinking about. And I think both of us, with it being April and Miss Indiana being June, I think that's kind of the biggest thing on our horizon right now. Um, I'm so nervous, Um, but kind of tell the people how you're feeling about competing at the state uh, competition in a different state. 
Well, first, oh my gosh, it came so quickly. <laughs> uh, but I'm really excited about it. I think anytime you go to a new state, there's going to be some minor changes, but overall, the structure is going to be relatively similar. So my mindset is, you know, going in, comparing, um, preparing each phase of the competition as best as I possibly can and walking into the week with acceptance. And I think that's the best thing you can do is just accepting this is your prep and also not really framing it as a competition. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be there to get to know my sisters in this organization. Absolutely. I want to have a fun time during Miss Indiana week. And there's so many things like the parade going on community oh, service I'm events so, so excited <laughs> for the parade and then um they do the princess program that's big mm-hmm. in indiana and we all get assigned a little princess and i think they're like up to the age of like 12 but they can be as young as like six or seven mm-hmm. i'm i'm so ecstatic for that part but um obviously like you're new in indiana but i mean i'm sure you've done your research on how kind of the state works at miss indiana i mean we talked about the parade talk about the princesses but of all of the other things that kind of go on during the week which of those things besides i mean obviously the competition we all really look forward to that but um or even just events coming up like what miss indiana oriented thing are you just really really looking forward to I'm honestly ecstatic to stay in the dorms with all the title <laughs> holders. Like, I'm not even joking. I've never been to Butler University. Oh, my gosh. It's so nice. <laughs> the dorms are so nice. Uh, I cannot wait. In Pennsylvania, we stay back in a hotel and you get one roommate and you're not really supposed to leave that hotel. So oh. you're kind of with that person. So the idea of getting to stay with a few other girls, I've heard y'all order pizza and do those things. And yes, everyone, <laughs> pageant girls still do those yes, type of things. Yes, we look forward to we that. Love. Um, so I'm really excited to have that experience and just get to know the people out here because at the end of the day, one person wins Miss Indiana. So yes. the point is to make a great experience out of that week with the women with the service you're doing and have a blast honestly so that's my goal yeah and so you obviously talk about having fun but is there any like substantial goal like I want to place top 11 I want to walk away with this scholarship or this non-finalist award kind of what if you're putting it into the most like realistic thing for yourself because obviously part of going into the week is accepting like you know what I am a one in 38 chance to be Miss Indiana Mm -hmm. what would be like your second biggest accomplishment that you could take away from this year definitely so when I talk a lot about goal setting with my clients Mm -hmm. I set you know a very realistic goal and then also a stretch goal so I'll give you those two the first one for the realistic goal um I would just like to go out there and walk out of my interview knowing that I was able to answer every question mm-hmm. adequately and felt really confident Good with that. answer. And if that happens, I am absolutely content. Mm-hmm. Side and pitch, I would also love to land my fool in my routine. As long as that happens, I'm <laughs> okay. also content. <laughs> um, but if I'm talking about my stretch goal a little bit, I would love to get into top 11. I have mm-hmm. been doing a lot with pageant prep, but... At the end of the day, I also know pageants, we do our best to be as objective as possible, but there's mm-hmm. also some subjectivity to it. You know, you could just happen to get that one question you're not prepared for, or you couldn't answer as best as possible. Mm-hmm. So coming with acceptance of that, you know, it is very subjective, different day, different judges. We say that a lot in pageantry. So really just knowing that I crushed my interview, I felt well prepared, landed my full, <laughs> and hopefully, you know, the outcome of that will be top 11. But if not, again, I'm coming out with that incredible experience of Miss Indiana. All right. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. Would you like to tell the lovely people where they can find you on social media? Yes. Yeah, so check me out on Instagram. It's Miss Indiana underscore Miss Kosciuszko. And let me spell out Miss Kosciuszko for you because most people don't get it right. Um, So Miss, that's M-I-S-S. And then Kosciuszko is K-O-S-C-I-U-S-K-O. So Miss Mm. Indiana (laughs) underscore Miss Kosciuszko. All right. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for being here. And thank you guys so much for listening to my first podcast ever. We're going to make it happen. I'm so excited to be embarking on this journey. And I'm so excited to have incredible young women who are just as excited to do it with me. So... See you next time.